back to the Beers This Year podcast, week 13. And boy, Texas is going to Lawrence, Kansas this Friday. Yeah, that's right. It's a big Lawrence, game. Kansas. Lawrence, Kansas. Here we come. Do we remember what happened last time when we went to Lawrence, Kansas two years ago and they wore their battle reds and some guy named like Jax beat us? Over under, how many times are they going to mention that during the game? I mean, I, the real thing is, are they going to mention it as much as Charlie Brewer's dad played at Texas and uh, didn't Ooh. get an offer from Texas? That would be close because that was ESPN going off on us, but this is Fox Sports, so they might be a Ooh. little bit more, I guess, loving on Texas so they can keep the Big 12 contract. But That's a good point. Yeah, now that Amazon is trying to get us, but that we are really getting off the rails. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Welcome back, right, right. As always, please please keep on uh, spreading the word to coworkers and friends and family that uh, may not be listeners yet. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find um, yeah. another podcast. That's where we are. Uh, keep on yeah, sending – wait, what are you saying? No, keep telling everyone about the Instagram as well. Uh, we are, what, just short of a couple, a couple short of 400 now? Yeah, we're like five short no. or something like that going to definitely achieve our goal on the year of getting to 400 um definitely excited about that so please keep telling people about that and please keep posting on our instagram post by our um com she uh, has done a good job C-M-O. of oh excuse me calm uh <laughs> she's she, uh, she a good job you know we're gonna get a text about that too yeah i know you know Dang it. We actually had a little bit of a fight, a fight on Saturday night, but no, we're good. We still have, she's still on our team, so we're okay. Uh, yeah. But, uh, Keep on sending the pictures of Snapchats and everything as well. We really do appreciate that, especially on the Saturdays. Um, as well, great job just spreading the word. We got a lot of, and also you can just send them, just DM them straight to the Instagram. That's another great way. We'll, yeah, if you want to take a picture on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, that'd be nice too. It doesn't have to be only on the weekends. Yeah, they're usually coming on uh, Saturdays, and we'll do our big Sunday post. But uh, just send them in whenever you get a chance. We love it. Uh, keep on leaving voicemails. We got a couple, couple good ones this week, uh, mostly from during and after the game. So you can imagine what type of uh, state people are in. Excitement. Uh, the number again is eight zero two four eight seven six one zero seven. So please keep on leaving voicemails. Uh, t-shirts, we've still got them. I've actually sold like five this week, surprisingly enough. Um, we are running. Oh, yes. We are yes, running ahead, low. No, we are running low. If you're in Houston, you will be getting yours next week. John well, will be yeah. hand-delivering them and putting a bow on top of them. We will have a transportation method coming to Houston finally. It's been a while since we've had that. So we will have any of those people that are waiting on their shirt, just text me. I have a list, I believe, somewhere. So give me a shout, um, and we will be sure to get you that shirt. But, um, uh, as always, only one way to start. Beer of the week. Um, this might be our last Wild Acre beer that we have not done. It's fine. They're it's, all great. They're all good. Oh, they're all good. Give it a try. Follow their uh, Instagram. It's like a, on repeat here. But Super Hawk Double IPA. Um, have you seen this one you're out and about, or is it just at the brewery? What have you no, no, I have seen this one. It's got a like, huge like wasp on it. It's like bright red. It's pretty sweet. It is not it's like a mosquito. But yeah, yeah, it's something massive. It's Super Hawk. It's not super like bittery hoppy it's still kind of got that like citrusy nice flat uh not flat but you know kind of citrusy not as pungent type taste that you'll see with like some of those double ipas so i know everyone gets scared when we see double ipa but it's still really good i would highly suggest it 
Yeah, sometimes double, double IPAs can be a little too uh, oh, yeah. flavorful and a little too strong. Yeah, it feels like you get kicked in the face. You're like, come on, man, I don't want that right now. Um, and for the Houston people, the beer of the week is Amber Ale from St. Arnold's. So give that Ooh. a try. They, uh, we are reaching out to them as well in terms of also possibly helping us out uh, next year. So, um, yeah, give both Wildacre Brewery and Amber or St. Arnold's a follow on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, follow them. But more importantly, we might be having a – or we're trying to have a – Extra episode next week. Live episode. Friday night from our yeah, excuse me, live from Wild Acre Brewery in Fort Worth. Yeah, um, we're gonna try and grounds. put that together. Keep it on your calendar. If you are coming up, I hear there might be a football game playing that next Saturday at eleven AM on Jerry World. But um, if that football game is playing, we will be doing that Friday night. I don't let's call it eight. Um, at the Wild Acre Brewery, which would be really cool if we could have a huge group out. We'll throw out some t-shirts, throw out some koozies, and do like a live episode and kind of make it like a Q&A um, at the brewery. That, Like we've mentioned, that brewery is so cool. Free beer, I mean not free beer, but uh, tap beer and tons of TVs, and it's like massive. It's really cool, and you can kind of walk around the brewery and see how it's made and everything. But keep that on your calendar if you think you might be coming up for a certain football game in Jerry World on Saturday, December second sure uh then we will be doing that the friday night before in fort worth it's not anywhere it's in fort worth so i know that's not where a lot of people are from but if you could please make it that would be so awesome and if you're if you ask nicely i'll drive you back to dallas later that night Um, yeah when we uh when we make it official we will post something on um, our social media outlets to make sure we get a crowd there but it'd be i think a great way to uh kind of wind down the season um, as we kind of close close into the season with a couple more episodes, so please tell anyone about it up here in the DFW area, or if you're coming up from Houston, um, just let us know. We'd love to have some people there. But more importantly, what everyone listens to us for is our expert analysis on expert. previous games. Uh, yeah. You, uh, what, we, did, what did you let's start with? You being at the game. So yeah, all right. The Iowa crowd. State, Iowa State, whatever you want to call it, the just in person game was unbelievable. It was. Not as loud as West Virginia, but it was still packed. I mean, by 10 minutes into the first quarter, it was like 100% packed. Um, maybe not 100%, but there was over 100,000 people there easily. And it got loud enough. You know, like it was loud enough to really make a difference. And I truly think it made a um, big impact, on, especially on how I, Iowa State was playing on offense and how our defense was responding to the crowd. I mean, they were going nuts. And then they did this don't stop believing. I don't know if everyone's seen the video. If you haven't, go check it out. If you haven't, that means you don't have any sort of social media because it was all over the place. Good point. Uh, it is so cool, and it was even cooler at the game because no, it's not like they put up a video. It was like, hey, everybody, take out your phone and start, you know, put your uh, camera phone or your phone flashlight on. Everyone just started doing it, and the cool thing was after they did it, they everyone kept on doing it, but they put it like on flash, so it was like re- repeating the flash over and over again for like a solid ten minutes. After like during the middle of the game, it was unbelievable. Oh, Very while the cool. game was going on. Yes, that's the pe- that's the part like people didn't realize. Like, everyone kept on doing it. Um, that's like the first natural thing to happen at DKR oh forever. I feel like everything for the last six years has been so forced yes. and like not authentic because the, they're just trying to like pump energy into the crowd. That's like the first time I've 
I've seen something like that naturally grow or be, I mean, be successful. The only thing I can compare it to that was like kind of this unbelievable cool and you have so many people doing that together was the jump around West Virginia in 2012. Other than that, yeah. like it, it, it was very, very cool. But anyways, getting... So what, do you, what do you think that, I mean, does it prove to you that DKR thrives in more of a night environment? Obviously, any sort of a, like... Yeah. Band base is going to be more lively at night. You're going to have more of a crowd, but... I think it's always it's kind of being proven just based on the way college football has developed that DKR is just much better at night because right. people are more willing to go, um, especially in the September games at night. It's not as hot, especially uh, think, when it's on Longhorn Network and most people can't watch it unless you yeah, go to the game. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> with wins come more night games, so it'll be interesting to see if we can kind of steer away from those two thirty kickoffs at home and start having more of those six thirty seven o'clock games it, next year. It was one of those environments where it was like, if we had this against West Virginia, like, we win easy. It's just, yeah, you know, it's kind of, obviously, it's hindsight 2020, but golly, if that was West Virginia, and, like, I mean, it would have been incredible. And I think we'd be sitting at a little different record. But anyways, let's oh, get it. Let's what, get in. what a great way to send off the seniors, though. Oh, they deserved yeah. a good crowd like that. No, they, so. they, they did, and there was a lot of cheers, obviously, for the starters. Um, but it was still cool it's always cool seeing him like run out the tuttle and you know say uh, go up to herman one last time but uh yeah it was nice to see the not nice but it was very nice to see like the whatever introduction they did for each player so especially the walk-on guys just cracked me up like there's always like the fan favorite walk-on guys they're like how do people like even know who he is? Like Tim Yoder got like a huge standing ovation. It's like, He's like the man. What? exactly. It's like I don't. I mean, like I kind of know the guy, but not really. I just know he just doesn't stop smiling. So I guess that's why. But uh, let's go. Let's get into the actual game itself. It, I, in my opinion, I thought it was our most physical game yet, mostly because of what was going on up in front with O line and D line. Uh, big credit to the big sexies up front. They played like it was, you know, like. This is win or lose, do or die, that type of game. And they took advantage of it. And I think we we kind of didn't really talk about it, but the Iowa State O-line and D-line are both not great. Probably their weakest links on either side of the ball. Uh, yeah, we definitely did not hit on that last week. No. But it was evident that we were faster, stronger, more athletic in the trenches. And, I mean, that, I think that, and to be honest with you, I think that was the difference in the game. Oh, 100%. I agree. And it allowed, like, our – I mean – It'll. We. It's easy to say that we have the better athletes. We've been saying that for seven years, and that well, look that's got <laughs> us. But uh, it really is evident when you can see the better athletes on the DB and wide receiver side, especially on our uh, on the Texas um, team compared to Iowa State. It just really was night and day. Even with Butler, like Butler is obviously a freak, and we limited him to under 100 yards, even though I think it was 99. But we still limited him to 100 yards and no touchdowns. That guy is an absolute freak. There was one play where it was like he is running full on sprint, hits 10 yards, and turns on a dime. And Purdy knows. I mean, like, Devontae can't do anything against it. It was just one of those, like, you can't be that big and that fast and that physical and be able to move like that. Just turn around. Like, that's 10 yards. Like, they can do that all the way down the field if they wanted to. I'm so surprised they didn't. Devontae was like still running five yards past him when the ball was thrown. Exactly. Was and it's thrown, like Devontae is like a freak of an athlete. He's a guy who can stop like that. Probably our best on our defense. And he like Hakeem Butler was just like turning around like no problem. Like he was jogging. It was like good yeah, we, night, bud. No, I mean that was one of the keys that we both kinda of hinted at last week was uh eliminating the big plays over the top to Hakeem. And so 
I think they, there was one guy who caught a pass over Boyd. That, maybe it was Butler, kind of in the third or fourth quarter on the Iowa State sideline. That was just a great catch, great pass. But other than that, I can't really think of many of the big, you know, over-the-top plays that right. they gave up. Yes. No, you're 100% right. And we saw Orlando kind of go to more of a 4-2-5 defense, which is getting a little technical, but just bear with me. And we saw McCulloch pretty much come in and be a defensive end, essentially, um, right there on the edge. His hand really wasn't in the ground, but he is lining up almost over the yeah. tackle for every single play. And what that kind of did was allow the linebackers to a little more have a little more freedom. And we brought you know one linebacker at least I don't know seventy percent of the time on a blitz. So you still got five guys coming. It's not the super complex like crazy safety blitzes that Orlando likes to do sometimes, which I like, which work. But it just kind of made it a little more simple. That way, the one linebacker that wasn't blitzing, like, okay, you're in charge of the running back, uh, whether it's a run or a pass. And I don't know. It, it seemed just a little more easy for the guys. And, I, I, okay, I was remember how we were talking about last week, the uh, the wristband game? Well, the Iowa State game two years ago was the wristband game. Yes, it was. You're right. I didn't re- – I'd forgotten. We were talking about that, and I didn't realize that was Iowa State too. But, anyways. Was that the game that was, like, 45-42 and, like, Shane – no, that was four years ago. Whatever, but um, yeah, I think the going back to the four two five real quick before we move on. Um, that one, you already hit it. It freed up the linebackers. That was that was very evident. Uh, I think Anthony was. I mean, Gary had an unreal game. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I gave Anthony more. Uh, I guess roaming capability. And you, you you just saw him get off blocks so much easier, right? Than he had previously in about the last three or four games. And I guess that's one of the questions I was going to ask you, but we'll get at later on in the defense. But, uh, yeah, I think that was a huge adjustment. But, I mean, looking at the big picture from the defensive side of the ball, held him to 210 yards and 10 points. And the, the seven points was kind of, you know, fourth quarter, not trash points, but kind of felt like trash it, points. It felt like trash points. And going back uh, to what you said, no big throws over the middle. I mean, we had two – they moved B.J. Foster to free safety and Stearns to strong safety. So we had two true freshmen over the top. And nothing there. I I think you're right. I don't think we had one big throw, you know, over 15 yards over the middle. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, this is shout out to God. Who was it? Was it Durbin or whoever was it called on the BJ Foster rushes? You remember who yes, it was? It was yeah, like it was Durbin. Now. No, you're right. Yeah, we had not seen that. We saw it at OU. We saw it um, versus. Do we see it versus Baylor? Not as much, no. We saw it against it, West Virginia a little bit. but It kind of just kind of wavered off, and then it came back. And BJ just had an unbelievable game. Um, I was liking um, his, I guess, did he get kind of, did he get banged up and then he came back in? Last week he did, not this week. I didn't see it. He might have, I mean, but I like don't know. like a rib, rib issue or something, but yeah, whatever, he, he came back in was fine. He so. played incredible, but yeah, the um, defense really just shut up pretty much everyone who had been hating on him, which includes us, but still. And how, how about the uh, first possession stop? That yeah, I know. I turned to Chris. I was like, wait, did we just get a first possession stop? Like, are you kidding me? And then we went and got seven. It was so nice yeah. not being down. I mean, that was – I mean, we set the tone early and made Iowa State play from behind the rest of the game. And it's like, my God, that felt amazing. So, um, and then I think they went down and got three after that. But we set the tone early, which was nice. It was a first time our defense had done that in a while. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then the defense nice. also avoided – Penalties, um, mm-hmm. offsides. Um, I'm trying to think, of, I don't think there was a pass interference. No, we have one, but we had three penalties for like twenty-five yards. 
Yeah, no. And Iowa State had three for 20 and change. I think so, two of those were on special teams, too. Yeah, so yeah, Chris Boyd, exactly. Chris Boyd had one on special teams. Um, but very clean game, but for the first time in a while, there were not a bunch of reviews and not a bunch of flags, and it yes. was like the fastest game ever. Yes, it, it was, was not a took forever, like I almost, almost want to leave type game. We, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we were sitting there watching it, and I looked down, I think right after uh, – Chuck was, uh, picked up the fumble, and it was just like before 10 o'clock. So it was like a three-hour game, three-hour change to end it. But, I mean, it was just a much quicker game than we had seen, or like, which was so nice. My God, some of the games were taking so long. But um, very clean, you know, very like very little penalties. It was also something that stood out to me. Yeah, and I think the the main thing that – like the one of the main things that I really saw – is I, I really hadn't watched that much of Iowa State this season. And going into it, I thought I knew more about them than I really did. Just that, you know, very typical for me. But uh, I, their lack of their lack of tackling was pathetic. I mean, that was really, really bad. And they made us look like a great tackling team. And we did tackle well, but not as well as we – or not as – we didn't play down to what we'd been playing like. But they, I mean, the LJH was sliding off dudes the entire night. Same with Colin, same with Trey, same with Trey Keontae. Watson. Yeah, Trey was, was like, the one that stood out to me. What the hell is this? Like, this, you know, this is supposed to be the Herald is the best defense in the um, in the conference, and they're just playing like shit. Basically, you're tackling like shit. Uh, yeah, more, and, more physical team. Yeah, the game. letting, it's, you know, letting like Trey and Keontae be like our, our key receivers. Like, what is going on there? I think they were really like dropping their L- linebackers over the middle to try and limit LJH and Beck and Hurd and all that stuff. Like, most we've been gashing most teams on. And credit for Sam and Shane. I'll get on my Shane rant in a little bit. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, get ready. Uh, and they recognize that immediately. And, I mean, that those are free yards. Like, those are cheat code yards when your running back is that f- wide open in the flat. Yeah, you know? we had their linebacker crew just lost out there. The Keontae oh, yeah. touchdown. Um, I mean, it was just the, the linebacker was on the opposite hash because he, he was following the wrong guy. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, it, it, more physical. Um, they, they just – I mean, Keontae was running like Jamal Charles out there. Yeah, he was, dude. I mean <laughs> – his like jump cut, like acceleration speed is pretty scary, and I, I I wanted Trey to have that long touchdown. I literally turned to Chris like right before that play, and I was like, you know what we haven't had? We haven't had one of those back breaking like long runs yet this season, and it's we're due for one, and we're wearing him down. And then Trey breaks that. What was it like thirty yard run or whatever it yeah. was? Thirty nine. And uh, I was like, damn it, if he had, you know, just a little bit more speed, that's house. But anyways, great, great win all around. And I think you and I both agree that that was one O-line, D-line easily. We'll get into that um, a lot more. But it was like the most, it was one of the first times that I was like comfortable the whole game, you know. And yeah. of course we fumbled and made it interesting a little bit. Yeah, that was, that made me a little, I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa what's going yeah, on Yeah, it, it was kind of interesting for us, like three plays. But I mean, other games, we've had very stressful four quarters that are just, like, stupid endings. But um, this was the first time, I want to say, so OU, crazy ending. Baylor, crazy ending. Oklahoma State, we came down to the Pretty last minute. Pretty crazy ending. Um, West Virginia, I mean, that's beyond a crazy ending. Yeah. And then Tech, we made it a crazy ending. So it was the first time where I sat through like, the second half. I was like, oh, this is kind of relaxing. So 
Yeah, um, it, was, it was a different change of pace, but I agree. It was nice. So now uh, – Let's jump. Should we jump into the offense, you think? Yeah, there's only one thing left to do, and that's beat Kansas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go to the offense. Who do you got so far you so, want to shout out for? I'll start um, – I don't know if we've given him uh, a good this year, but Trey Watson, I think he got one at some point for some random game. But anyways, yeah. um, game high, 93 yards, 39-yard run that you already mentioned was his season high for himself. Um, really has kind of been a clutch get. I mean, you really think about what all he is really kind of filled in. Um, I mean, look at about last year, you had Daniel Young and Antonio Carter. Um, if we don't have Trey Watt, or Trey Watson, excuse me, I, 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 I wonder how many more carries Daniel Young has this year. Oh, like, a lot with, more. With uh, Keontae injuries. And, yeah. So Watson has just been such a huge guy. Um, credit the O-line. I'll let you kind of hit on that. But they were, um, I guess, they deserve a lot of credit for a bunch of his yards, uh, freeing him up for some, I mean, early, early runs to get him out just to lead early on. But, again, um, I just keep thinking about, like, what a huge pickup that was for Tom Herman and how he's continuing. There's, I think we got a, a DN in Juco mm-hmm. transfer. I know Trey Watson wasn't Juco, but same idea, grad same. transfer. Yeah, no. Oh, Anderson, grad transfer. Just what he's done – to, I guess, uh, help us transition from the Charlie Strong players to more of, uh, of Herman's players. He's able to buy himself some time with guys like Trey Watson, and this game was like his coming out party in terms of just dominating. So, huge huge game from him. Yeah, no, I completely agree on what you touched on, on like the tra- Juco grad transfers. I mean, yeah, look at guys like Calvin, Trey, and Gary. I mean, all three of those guys are absolute stars on our team and some of the most valuable guys on either side of the ball. And if you're a JUCO-type guy, I mean, how do you not see the plug-and-play that these guys can do? I mean, I think Trey Watson, after Daniel Young's fumble, uh, Trey Watson's probably, you know, the star, the go-to running back right now. I think if Herman, if it, you know, it's like second and three on the – whatever yard line i think he's giving it to trey if, he, if we're running the ball um, he's probably giving it to sam but yeah okay if we're handing the ball off but yeah <laughs> no i agree he stepped up big and Keontae um has played and didn't look that hurt which is crazy to say that he supposedly has been banged up but yeah and i'll go in my first good as always i know i've said it every single week but i'm gonna keep on doing it uh, the all five offensive linemen played unbelievable Shaq, I think, had his best game yet. No bad snaps uh, and held his own with a, the D tackle. Sorry, the nose tackle for Iowa State was actually pretty good. I can't remember his name. It's like Jabo something or other. But um, th- he played really well. Elijah Rodriguez still had, you know, kind of the underrated, nothing in front of him, nothing really unbelievable plays, but still communicated well with Shaq and Cosme. Um, to not let any blitzes just go right past him. And Cosme. Got the next level really well. I saw him multiple oh. times on the first drive, like take out a linebacker. Him and Cosme were in the second level the entire game. I'm dead serious. It was crazy. I, I don't know how, like, that, I think that helped, obviously helped, like, eliminate the linebacker plays because we were getting to the second level 
um, due to good communication, good combo blocking, all of that. Uh, Vahe had some really good pulls and a couple good counters that we yeah, had. The counters, the guard yeah. tackle counters were. We I mean, they were one of those all that. day. Yeah, and that if that when those things get clicking and when you dial when you dial those up right when they blitz on the opposite side, uh, right. you know away from the counter, whew, that's scary. Uh, and then Calvin Anderson had a great bounce back game after a pretty subpar game against Tech, um, and played really well. No offsides, no nothing like that. So all five O linemen, I gotta give it False to starts. Them. that was great. False starts, not offsides. I say offsides either way. It's just something I do. Yeah, no, the, the counters are what stood out to me. You always kind of hit on the, the details with most offensive line guys, but I, the counters really stood out. And I, they, uh, multiple times, I think it was the more of the Vahe's combo with uh, Anderson counters than the other side, but they were were easy eight yard runs before he got touched. So. Uh, another good game from them and avoided the stupid penalties. Um, I'll jump into a combo good. Um, just, again, our quarterback play. Very mature and uh, confident. We all know who you're going to want to talk about, so I'll head on mm-hmm. Sam first. Uh, Sam with 137 yards and a TD in the first half, 12-15. And most importantly, knock on wood, no interceptions. Um was a little disappointed in his decision to kind of stretch out that play at the yeah. end of the first half. Oh, I mean, I, he's such a physical guy, so like, everyone's going like, to boo me for saying that. But no, I'm not. If, if you are semi-hurt or have been hurt in the last month, there is no need to make a play like that. Just slide. Um, I think it was a third down that he was going for the first down. Yeah, it was. Just, just slide and let Dicker try to make a freaking PAT. But uh, – well, uh, other than that, I was very pleased with Sam and just his decision making. And the first drive was like so scripted, and he executed so well; it was unbelievable. Um, yeah. So, again, real excited that Sam is continuing the streak. Knock on wood, no interceptions. And um, yeah, I'll let you hit on the on the next guy that everyone was freaking out about when he came in. Sam, I was last thing on Sam that throw when he had blitzing in his face and he knew he had Kantia in the flat, but he could probably force a throw to a receiver downfield and you could tell finally something clicked in his head. It was like, nope, just dump it. And, of course, Keontae makes a play and gets like 15 yards. That was the most like professional-type play that I've seen, I, he might have ever thrown, you know, or type throw, um, just recognizing he, that. I think he also, I'm trying to remember, I think it was just one play this time where he – Finally, did not get you know against Tech where he took like three 12 yard sacks. Yes, he, he didn't do any. He of avoided that. one, I believe, yeah. for his Iowa State, which was good to see. Again, kind of learning from that, which was really frustrating versus Tech when we were like first and you know goal from the four, and then it was first and goal from the 15 plus kind of type deal. Um, it was good to see him recognize and, and I guess execute more or uh, execute better in the in those situations. But okay, here we go. The, All right, I'm going to sign off for about five minutes. So, so we get a text. I get a text. It's like Sam shaking up. It's like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? I didn't see that. Like, I, I must have gone to the bathroom or something. And then you were I, texting me, I think. I think I was, yeah. And I come back, and I look on the sidelines. I immediately try to find Shane, and Shane doesn't have the headset on. I was like, oh, boy. He's got his helmet on. I was like, oh, damn, here we go. And sure enough, this freaking kid comes out and goes 10 for 10 in a four-inning relief appearance. And oh strikes God. out the side, ten for ten with a tutty, 
And, like, I mean, yeah, they weren't, like, unbelievable, like, crazy throws. But 10 for 10, like, what? Is absolutely perfect. Literally perfect. And had a few good runs to pick up some solid yardage. Didn't force anything. Didn't take any stupid sacks. Like, I, I, I know every single week, every single time he comes in. And at the beginning of the season, I said, this kid is going to win a game for us that we shouldn't have won without, you know, and he's going to step up. And he already did that with Baylor, and then this was just icing on the cake. So you got to give it to him. I I know he's going to transfer. I mean, I don't. I in my head, I know he's going to transfer, but in my heart, I'm still saying he's not going to transfer. And if he doesn't, put Ring of Honor, put him up there, because that kid is I'm done not, with more shit than anyone else. Okay, I'm done. I'm not convinced he's going to transfer. To be honest, I'm not either. I really am. I I really am not. This is his junior year, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't think he transfers. I really don't. Supposedly, there's rumors that he's like trying to finish up like his major um, this year, so that he doesn't have to sit out a year. But whatever. But yeah, regardless, uh, I'm done with my rant. We, that was actually a lot quicker than I thought. Yeah, I, I tried to limit it. Uh, we oh. were all kind of talk about it. If he would have gotten hurt, would Gerard have played? Uh, ooh, geez, that's a good question. I think Gerard. Well, they would have played Gerard. I don't think he throw. <laughs> I mean, or, it depends. Uh, on, it depends on what the score would have been. But I, if we would have been up, so what? When Sam or when Shane came in, we were up seventeen to three, right? Three, yeah. I think he'd still go rising. I don't think so. I don't I think that guy's ready at all. I don't. I mean, no, hundred percent not. But like, you go rising and you run the ball eighty percent of the time. That would have been cool though, on like Gerard's senior night to let him play one more like snap. Or yeah, something. that that actually would have been sweet, but. I, don't, I won't get back into it, but the kid played unbelievable. Um, so, my only bad on defense, we already kind of hit on it. I'm sorry, offense. Um, Daniel Young, again, with the, the fumble oof, late in the game. It's just, oof. you can't afford that. It happened, it happened versus USC, I believe. It happened again this game. So, he's got to get that cleaned up before he takes more uh, snaps next year. So, that's my only bad. I don't think we need it on anymore. So, no. Should we jump to the defensive o- side? Only the other thing that I had was just Dicker missing that, that layup. I was like, come on, kid. You're you're way better than that. You've already shown it. You can't be missing that. But that was it. So, defense. Um, wow. Awesome game. Uh, it helped that Montgomery wasn't playing in the first half. But when he came in the second half, he was a non I mean, we limited him to three yards of play. I mean, that was, like, incredible. Yeah, well, uh, what was the number? I think we had it down. It was like – we, oh, yeah, yards per rush was 2.1 when they were averaging, what, five and a half? Yeah. I think. So, I mean, that's huge, huge in the um, in the running game. And then we've already hit on it multiple times, but the uh, eliminating, what is it, um, Purdy's, like, deep ball to Hakeem. So, um, <laughs> I, I know Tom Herman kind of laughed at it, but, like, it was. It's considered when you hold a receiver to 99 yards as a good thing in the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, uh, with a guy like Butler, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, and so, I mean, but still, it 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 felt like it didn't feel like 99 yards. You know, I think he he had one or two, what 15 yard catches or yeah. something. But you uh, were able to contain him and able to contain the run game, and then knock Purdy out of the game. And honestly, it just was kind of coasting from there, and they got put in a bad position. Did Purdy the- really get knocked out? I, that was one thing I couldn't really tell. Or was uh, it? I, yeah, I, mean, we, I don't remember what the play was, but then they brought in that senior guy who 
had the pink Manning sleeves on or whatever. So, like, he actually, like, got, like, hurt. So, like, he was done. It wasn't like he was kind of hurt, but maybe teeter on the line and they pulled him. Like, he actually got hurt, hurt. I can't remember exactly, but they kept showing highlights in the play where it looked like he got hurt. So, I'm just going to say that he got, man, banged up his knee or something. I can't remember. Okay. Well, I'm going to go into my first good on, on defense. And it's going to be a, a little bit of a random one. But B.J. B. Foster played unbelievable. That kid is so fast and so mean and so aggressive. He kind of reminds me of Gary, like when he gets in space one on one with a guy. Like there was one play where he, where Purdy rolled out to his left, and Purdy's kind of you know running with his shoulder square to the line, like still sprinting, and then sees an open receiver and turns his shoulders you know into the play towards B.J. Foster to try and make a throw. And BJ immediately recognized that he, you know, stopped sprinting and just turned on the second gear. And Purdy totally didn't think he'd be able to get there and just put him straight into the ground. That play was like you're not making that as a true freshman. You should not be making that as a true freshman. He played unbelievable. His first like true start at free safety. I, I mean, next year it's going to be very scary. I mean, assuming Brandon Jones comes back, like those three, good night. That's. DBU is 110% back. Also some really good open field tackles in the blitz. There's also one play. I'll try and find the clip and like tweet it out or something. Some They did like a receiver screen um, to like the trip side. And one of the receivers came up and tried to block BJ. And he literally didn't even use his arms. Just lowered his shoulder and blew this guy off to the ground. Like on his ass. Didn't even use, like, his hands or anything and went, and, like, the play was already made, so it didn't matter. But, I mean, just absolutely destroyed this poor guy. Didn't even look at him, was looking at the ball the entire time, just ran straight through him. It was <laughs> it was incredible. Like, that's just the type of guy he is, like, how he plays, but it was so cool. Um, also with BJ, like, it proves to recruits that, hey, we are, like, willing to let freshmen play and succeed. And I think it's a good sign for – uh, obviously, the D-backs are, were pretty full, um, <laughs> curves, yeah. but uh, uh, linebackers maybe. and D-linemen that are coming in. Jalen so, Green and Anthony Cook barely play, but yes. Well, I mean, they'll, be, they'll probably start next year, don't That's you what think? I'm saying. It's like they yeah. haven't been playing, and they're like studs. Yeah, so we are interesting to see. Um, I don't know. We'll, hit, we'll, we'll do a season recap later on, like two or three weeks from now. But, I don't know, excuse me. Eh. Uh, oh, never mind. I'll yeah, just keep going. Wait on that. <laughs> um, my good is a combo good with Gary and Wheeler. We already kind of talked about it in the game recap, but um, we were able to finally put them in a position to succeed and, and have like more of a free range in terms of, of their responsibility. Um, there were multiple plays in the first half where Wheeler was like running down guys to the sideline, which I had not seen in a long time. And more importantly, Gary was a leading tackler again. Um, guy was all over the field and was just kind of like the the theme of the game. He just was everywhere and was kind of setting the tone that um, we had not seen on him in a while. So you already kind of hit on them, so let's go to, I guess, your next good. Yeah, my, my next good, uh, and someone I think I've been saying, it's basically been this guy in the O-line all season, but Charles Amenahu had another great game. Uh, the 4-2-5 just – that really helps out a guy like him who is in between that tweener type DN, especially when you've got three down linemen where you've got to be ready to stuff the run at will and still get a good solid rush on a quarterback in the big 12. That's the hardest thing to do. 
But the four-two-five allowed him to kind of play more singular, simplified a little bit more for him, um, and he took advantage of it. Had great stops running the ball, just shucking O-line. That right tackle was terrible, and he was just bitching him all night. It was really fun to watch. Um, it didn't have, like, that big giant sack, but he drew that big holding penalty. Uh, I forgot. I think it might have been the second. Uh, and just really consistent play. Didn't have, you know, on the, again, on the stat sheet, wasn't, like, unbelievable, but he still played really damn well. Um, he only had four tackles technically, but really? he was, yeah, but, I mean, he was there all night long. Did you so. already mention that, that uh, jump he had on that play where he made, I guess, forced a hold on the right yes. tackle? yeah, that was awesome. So I was zoned out looking at something with well, Kansas, but, yeah, that jump was awesome. He was, like, in the backfield right when the ball was snapped. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it kind of looked like it was offsides, but hey, um, <laughs> it's all right. He didn't get called for it, and a holding was called. So, um, yeah, it was good to see him. I was hoping he was going to score that touchdown. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, that would have been sick. Um, kind of going off of that, my honorable mention for the night was, all right, two, uh, Joseph Osai. I mean, hello, welcome to the party. <laughs> Just completely pimped that uh, right tackle again. Um, and forced the game-winning fumble, I guess game-ending fumble, that we all wanted Chuck to pick up and go for you know his last little moment at DKR, which would have been really cool for him. That would have been so cool. Um, and then the other honorable mention is Chris Brown. I think like maybe 10% of Longhorn fans knew we had a Chris Brown on our team. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. When he made that interception, everyone was like, who's 15? I was like, Chris Brown. And then everyone was like, immediately thought of like, Chris Brown, the other Chris Brown. So, um, <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the show, Chris Brown, or excuse me, Longhorn Chris Brown. Um, so, yeah, two guys that will be fun to watch moving forward. No, yeah, both of them played really well. But uh, over, I'm I'm pumped for Osai too. That's going to be scary when him and Delhi get going too. That's going to be awesome. But uh, overall, defensive effort was incredible. Um, shut down a very solid. Iowa State team, even without their stud running back for a, a half, that really wasn't even close at all. And that's the type of play that we're going to need to see against that consistency against Kansas. And I saw like Herman was saying, was it, I think it was Monday, he's like, yeah, we're going full pads today, and we'll go full pads tomorrow. Like We haven't done that yet, but it obviously worked, so we're doing it. So yeah. I like it. Um, but um, let's get into one of, our, one of our favorite segments. As always, we'll do some voicemails. Um, I think there might be a little bit of a little curse words on this one, but this is a uh, from our good friend um, uh, Jack Eltife. Earmuffs. Hold on. Wait. Where'd it go? All right. Well, while you're doing that, uh... how's it going, boys? <laughs> Jack Eltife here at the game live feed. I just want you all to know. That I love you first and foremost. Thank you. Second thing I got to bring up is uh, if Shane goes in, we're all screwed. But that's a different story. <laughs> Shane's in, actually. Okay, so if we win the game, <laughs> all eyes on us, right? You know what, Stuart? We love you. Shut up, though. <laughs> and Robbie, Robbie said he loves John, and John should talk more. But we still love you, sir. What would you do with that as shitheads? That's all I gotta say. Goodbye. 
Amen. Thank you, Eltive. I do not know what I would do without. Uh, I think that was my favorite voicemail of the year. That was awesome. That was a pretty good one. That rivals Robbie's from a few weeks ago when he told me to shut the fuck up. That one was. That's that's a risky run when you're doing a live uh, voicemail from the stadium and you're trying to you know do I guess a live report of whether or not Shane's gonna play and then someone's <laughs> completely put you down. Yeah. If <laughs> but, Shane comes in, we're screwed. Okay, Shane's in. I would love some you know Friday morning live you know post Thanksgiving voicemails Ooh. in-game voicemails this week no so. just sneak out like when your family's being annoying your mom's like bitching at you just like go grab your phone like go grab like you know that last bottle of wine that your dad said you shouldn't open just go outside and give us a call tell us what does you're your, thinking does your mom yell at you on thanksgiving i mean my mom yells at me a lot okay uh here we have one of our uh favorite female listeners little jordan um it's ashley brown um some great comments after the game tonight. <laughs> I first wanted to say how effortless I thought Tom Herman's outfit was. I mean, he just looked great. It was so effortless, you know, sweatpants and, a, and an orange hoodie. I loved it. Also wanted to comment on uh, Hager's cooking band that. Like he can afford smell. Whatever. What a freaking loser. Okay, see y'all later. Bye. Thank what you. was the second part? Uh, she didn't like Hager's uh, bandana. Yeah, that was a little excessive. I agree with that. The Chanel bandana was kind of a lot, but uh, I agree. I think Tom Herman with the hoodie, it it's, looks pretty casual, but I, I can do with it. I, I think I'm just used to... Charlie Strong was always weird, weird shit. But I, the the Matt Brown, the khakis with the windbreaker and is just so classic. I kind of love it. In, in so was that, tech, was that Ashley who was called it in? Uh, they, I, I'm not for sure. I, I don't have my these numbers synced with my actual phone, but she said she was Ashley Brown. I think he, it's, a, it's a person with the codename of Little Jordan. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I think you might know her. Okay, now we have an actual question. It's kind of long, but it's a good one. Uh, Truman Biggs, first time caller, long time listener. Um, very excited about Beers and Sears. I, I really think y'all, you know, first off. Um, I think Stuart's the next Mike Francesca, and, and John, you're you are fantastic in your own right. I think you're really the next Mike Greenberg, let's be honest here. My question really is regarding, you know, the football team going forward. I, I think 2019 is going to be more of a down year for the team. Um, maybe, you know, provide some color on what we can expect going forward on 2019 and you know, mitigate the fans' expectations with regard to the 2020 expectations. Like, you know, talk a little bit about what we really should expect in 2019, what we should expect in 2020, and how to get your dedicated listeners, you know, like me, um, through the through the lull. Appreciate it, guys. I'll see you. So it is a pretty good question, and one we've kind of been hinting at what we just did with the defense, but it is a legitimate one now that – the season is pretty much, you know, regular season is one game away, and then hopefully we have two postseason games. But still, it, we're we're basically a month away from no foot no football left. Um, and looking ahead to 2019, I'm a, I'm I'm with Truman. I am a little scared. Offensively, you lose three O linemen, and you've got and probably then, two wide receivers. At least two wide receivers. Hopefully one, but pro- or sorry, yeah, probably at least, about, one. at least one. You lose one of your stud running backs, but you're you're pretty much good there. Obviously, quarterback, I'm pretty confident we'll be fine there. 
But uh, the O-line one is really what kind of scares me. And Kersetter's obviously been a solid replacement and has played a decent amount of games. And you hope that Patrick Hudson will be ready to go. But with the improvement in Shackelford and Cosme basically being the next, I don't know, Adam Ulitoski, uh, it, it really helps ease my worries, but I am still have a couple questions. What, what are you thinking on offensively for next year? I think the one position that everyone overlooks, and it's your boy, um, Andrew Beck. Mm. I think he is an yeah. integral part yes. to the offense in a way it works in the running game. Um, and then the passing game is just added, uh, I guess, you know, he, he, he's not, he doesn't make his impact in the passing game as often as he does in the running game. We all see the passing game, but the running game is where he has made a big difference this year. Um, and I think we'll have a serious drop-off in talent at that position. I think you – I can't remember there's a few like Leotel and a few other guys that are on the, the depth chart that might be able to fill it in but definitely aren't at the caliber or experience level of Andrew Beck. So I think you're right about offensive line. I think there are some bodies that are going to fill in, um, and there might be a grad transfer that comes as well, so yes. look out for that. Um, I think you can make up for um, – bad tight end play but offensive line as we all know you love is crucial to I guess Sam and how he is able to run so that's on that end and then we've kind of hit on the defensive side in previous weeks that um, pretty much our whole front six is seniors except for Malcolm Roach so yeah who by the um, way played way too well for being out that long this past weekend Um, yeah he probably took steroids it's okay no no uh, no but it, yeah, so the defense will be where the drop off is, and yes. I think that's where we will all, uh, I guess, jump against. I don't know. I, just, I mean, who knows, man? There could be Todd Orlando could leave. I mean, there's going to be so many different factors that play. The, the, the linebacker play is what scares me the most on defense. Well, listen into the last episode of the season for our. There I we guess, go. That's called a tease, baby. All right, what it, let's go. Kansas preview. Les Miles is maybe their head coach. I don't really know. I don't think so. Will he so. be there? Like, will he watch it? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, is there some weird, like, mojo going on where he's going to be in the booth, like, calling plays? And it's like, oh, yeah, it turns out Les Miles called that touchdown play. It's like, shit. Are you serious? I don't think yeah, so. Like, yeah, but, I don't think so either. I don't think he's – I think there is, like, a – I mean, who is our coach right now? Beatty, Beatty, whatever his name is, who I think we should hire as a receiver's coach. But that's – a really awkward position for him to be in. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's Kansas football. Like, it's just – I mean, he knew what he was getting into. But – So, yeah, I mean – so Kansas, let's let's talk big picture here. What are they? They're three and eight. Three and eight. Who who they beaten? TCU. TCU. Central Michigan and Rutgers. Did they and beat actually, TCU? Yes, they beat TCU. So they beat they, TCU. Yes. They so TCU, TCU lost to Kansas. What what are you saying? I'm just making sure everyone knows that TCU lost to Kansas. Oh yeah, yes, TCU lost to Kansas. We honestly can't make that joke. It's been only two years, but I don't care. Uh, we lost to Kansas before it was cool. <laughs> Join the club, right? Uh, <laughs> They beat Central Michigan and Rutgers, which was like at the beginning of the year when they were two and one. I was like, "All right, Kansas, let's go." Yeah, I and forgot about that. That was actually pretty funny. For yeah, them. they like I think they lost to some like no name team, and then they beat Central Michigan and Rutgers, and I was like, "Oh, let's go!" And then they just started losing and losing more and losing more. But from a broad perspective, they're actually playing a lot better lately. With a win over TCU, a close loss versus Kansas State, where they had a late lead. Yeah, they should have won that game. Right, and then they went to Norman, and I mean it was kind of a trap game for OU, and OU didn't give a crap about 
playing Kansas, but they scored 40 points against OU. We all know OU's defense sucks, but still, scoring 40 points is impressive and it definitely catches the eye of both reporters and, I guess, Tom Herman and Todd Orlando. So, jumping into it, um, Puka Williams is the running back that everyone talks about. I like that name. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a great, um, a great running back name. Rushed for 1,000 yards this year, uh, averaging 7 yards a carry. So, kind of keep that in the back of your mind as we go through this game. We just uh, held Iowa State to 2.1, and this guy's averaging 7. So, if he's consistently getting those 7-yard runs, this game could get interesting. If not, then we're shutting down their offense. So uh, their quarterback is Peyton Bender. Uh, literally sounds like the most Kansas quarterback I could ever <laughs> think of. Uh, Next to TJ Millward. Yeah. <laughs> what was that quarterback at Kansas that took him to the Orange Bowl? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. That short little white guy. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, everyone who listens to this episode, just text me his name. I'm going to know because I'm going to Google after this. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Uh but that's when that's when he played uh, Fat Daniels in the uh, Missouri Kansas game, whatever. But anywho, we're off track again. We're um, off track. So Bender is throwing for seventeen hundred yards this year, twelve TDs, two interceptions. He probably doesn't throw enough to throw. I mean, they probably run the ball like all the time. So um, again, expect a heavy run game with Puka Williams. Expect, I'm hoping our defense can uh, stick. Do you think we'll stick with that four two five? I think so. With the way that Kansas actually can, you know, run the ball decently, I wouldn't be surprised if we do. Um, but in in the way that the uh, linebackers play, so I yes, I think we run stick with the four two five. The the interesting thing I think is if Brandon Jones is one hundred percent ready to go, do you move BJ back down to that Joker spot or move him to the nickel or whatnot? That's going to be kind of the interesting thing for me. But. Uh, the, the obscure stat of the week, I think I've kind of been on a roll with these. but So in the Big 12 turnover margin, we are plus eight. So we've had eight more caused eight more turnovers than we've given up. Kansas, Shout out to Sam Ellinger. What? Shout out to Sam Ellinger on that. There we go. Kansas is number one in the conference with a turnover margin of plus 15. So almost double us which is pretty unbelievable to think about that they are that good at um, forcing turnovers. And a, we, and a defense like that, that is like a hundred in the nation and, you know, just giving up uh, whatever normal type of yardage stats, but in uh, the total margin, they're number three in the entire nation. So quick asterisk to that though. They forced like six turnovers against Central Michigan, and six turnovers versus like Rutgers, I think. Yeah, okay. so the six to zero versus Central Michigan, and then six to zero against someone else as well. So that is definitely the two outliers that are causing that. But, but still, dude, like, six intercept, like six whatever, like that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, don't turn the don't turn the ball over. There we go. All right, let's go predictions. I'll go first. I say Texas. Okay. I, I I'm confident in our offense, especially that's this past week, even with Sam kind of being questionable. I think Sam will start. I do not think he will go past the second quarter. I think we're up 28-7 to seven at halftime, and Boosh comes out and finishes off, and we win 41-21. Okay, so I guess – have they said anything? Has there been any updates on Sam? Or is it no, just kind of... nothing yet. Okay, so probably no news, good news type deal. Yeah, um, I think so. So uh, we all know 
Kansas is like the worst place to go play. Yeah. Um, we've hit on this for three years in a row now. Scariest place it in the is, Big 12. We've it is literally, it you, you play in front of like ten or 15,000 people, and it's so unbelievably quiet and cold because there's nobody there and there's no excitement that it's hard to get excited for the game. Shout out to John Woldridge and my uncle John Woldridge and Raleigh Woldridge. I know you're listening. Um, for, I guess, personal experiences up at Kansas is that you walk out of the locker room and you feel like you're at like a Kincaid Episcopal High School game. <laughs> you are literally so far away. Like, you are walking like so far to get to the field. There's nobody there. Like the UT band is always crammed in the corner, even though they're like, is nobody between them and like the next section of people. Um, so with all that being said, and with it being 11 a.m. kickoff after the day of, or excuse me, Thanksgiving day, uh, I think we struggle a bit in the first half per usual. And we end up pulling away in the third quarter and we win 34-17. Oh, lastly, Trey finally gets his big like 30 plus yard touchdown run. In the second half. In the first half. Okay, well, I've been pretty clear, like pretty accurate on my uh, score. Yeah, we actually have been really good. So I mean, we're always really good, but we've been really good lately. All right, let's go games of the week. Really good or really quick. There's some solid games. Friday night, seven o'clock. OU West Virginia in uh, Morgantown, Moonshine Country. Winners going to the Big Twelve Championship. So basically, a playoff game. I the line right now is OU minus two, which is pretty hectic to me. Pretty crazy to me that, you know, just for non-gamblers, they give three points to the home team pretty much no matter what, every game. So they're saying that the true line in this game should be OU minus five. Plus five. Which yeah. is crazy just to think about. So I like the Nears at home. Give me the points. I, I'm, I like them. Home dogs, man. You don't, I, Whenever you see a home dog, it's – wow, that sounded weird. Home underdog. Um, no, you're you, right. Home dog after a dis, disappointing loss, give me – Give me the dog. Yeah, I, I just that's all signs lead to West Virginia winning that game. I think OU's defense is their their kryptonite. Um, I think they, or excuse me, their Achilles heel. I guess is a better term. Um, they they just they, they can't make stops. Um, and I think West Virginia thrives at being at home, wins this game, but it's a very close game. I think OU, or excuse me, West Virginia wins by four. Ooh. So close game. West Virginia goes down to Dallas and plays. Either Texas or OU again. We'll find out. So, um, next game, we went out to the West Coast Friday night at 7.30. I believe this time is Central. Is that a Central time? That's Central time. Okay. Washington, Washington State. Um, shout out Mike Leach for doing what he's doing out there. Won me some uh, dinero last week with his uh, big win against Arizona. But they are favored by only three points against Washington. Washington's ranked 16. It's had kind of a very underwhelming season, I would say, after yes. – all the attention they had going into that Auburn game, mm-hmm. um, lost a thing uh, to Oregon and somebody else. But um, surprised to see that line at minus three. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I'm a little surprised, but I don't know Wazoo after they what they lost to USC in that really shitty game. But Gardner Minshew, the quarterback, is the real deal. He is a JUCO, not even JUCO guy. He's been in like four different schools, but he has pretty much earned himself a trip to. They're trying to get him to a trip to New York for the um, Heisman, which I think is a I think little it's bit. deserving. I think it's very much deserving. It's pretty close. I mean, it, he'd probably be the number three right now behind Kyler and Tua. But anyways. Look, he, he, Kyler going to go? The f- yeah. Is Kyler really going to go? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, and if you haven't watched him yet, I know it's kind of weird, Wazoo, blah, blah, blah. But it's Friday night. 
watch him play. It's he's really fun. He's got a great arm, um, and he's just got the crazy mustache, and it's fun. But I like the Cougs. It kind of sucks that it's OU West Virginia time too. I know it's it's so stupid, but whatever. I like the Cougars and Coach Pirate, the Drunken Pirate, Swing Your Sword, all that ish. Uh, Craig James killed five hooker, so I'm taking Washington State minus three. So next game to watch uh, as you wake up Saturday morning uh, on one of the longest weekends of the year. The best weekend um, of the year, by the way. This is the best weekend of the year. Yeah, I agree. It's much better. Thanksgiving is much better than Christmas. Oh, I said it. F- oh, no, not even close. Hot take? Okay. Um, no, that's not Michigan, a hot take. If you think Michigan, that's a hot take, stop listening. I'm serious. <laughs> Michigan beats – right, well, sorry, well, wake up. Michigan's playing Ohio State. Um, it's in Columbus. Michigan's favored by four points. Ohio State looked like trash against Maryland last week. They should have lost the game. Uh, Michigan also kind of looked like crap against Indiana. I think Michigan – wins this game uh, by pulling away late in the second half. Um, this is one of those games that I always it always is a little close, and then the team that's, like, trying to make it to the playoff always squeaks it out. You know what I mean? They, yes. There's, no, there's never, like – it never is the upset. It's, it's always never the team. a blowout. Even though Ohio State's won, like, seven of the last eight, it's never been, like, a crazy blowout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it, being in Columbus, it might be a little bit of a tough game. I think Harbaugh finally gets his big win. Uh, I don't know who they would play in the Big Ten Championship. but Northwestern. It will be, what? Northwestern. Oh, God. Big Twin football, baby. So, um, it will be interesting, though, if Ohio State does lose, or excuse me, win that game. It kind of opens up the window for the college football committee having to make a decision with if Georgia loses to Bama, do they get to go in still, or maybe a Big 12 team if they mm-hmm. run the table. Not. Not us. I'll be honest. It's not going to be us. So, it's not going to be us. Um, I think it'd be fun to see what the committee has to do with that fourth spot if Michigan loses. So yeah, it would um, it would I, cause some mayhem for sure. I want Michigan to win because I'm kind of a Michigan fan, but I would love to see what would happen if they lost. I, I agree with you. I, this game is always close. I don't like either side. If I had to take anything, I would tease Ohio State with something else and get them to plus 10. I think that's a pretty solid bet. It's probably going to be a low-scoring game, even with the Ohio State's defense. The first three runs that Maryland had the, last week, they had two touchdowns and over 150 yards, 175-yard, 180-yard run. So just keep that in mind. When and you're... they kept running a jet sweep. I, I was freaking out every time they ran a jet sweep. And they should have lost. Like, pig me or pig room or whatever just made a terrible throw, regardless. Yeah, that was stupid. I had him plus 16. It was fine. But – Okay, uh, last game, LSU at Aggie, 7 o'clock uh, in College Station. I don't know how, but Texas A&M Fake rivalry. Fake is rivalry. minus three, which is crazy. Their best win is over a three-loss Kentucky who got worked by Tennessee two weeks ago, 24-7. I, I think it, this is LSU. This Okay, official lock of, lead pipe lock of the league week is LSU minus three, or plus three, sorry. If they win, they could easily go to a New Year's Six Bowl. And that usually means that they'd go to the Sugar Bowl. So, if Coach O's got these boys, oh, he was going to go shoot a ball. Like, they're going to win. So, give me the Tigers. Yeah, I agree. Um, very surprised by that line. I think A&M at home uh, keeps it close, but LSU ends up pulling away. Um, I always think about that Fournette run over <laughs> uh, a few years back on Thanksgiving or the night after Thanksgiving when he ran over that uh, A&M down. D back, um, but yeah, I think LSU wins this game. Um, 
and I'll be very happy to see the Aggies lose. Yep, I agree. All right, that's all we got this week. Thanks again for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Make three of your coworkers follow us on Instagram. Make your little sister follow us on Instagram. I don't care who it is. Uh, give us over 400, please, and we'll have John do something stupid. But um, If we win this week. Here we go. Um, We're cooking. If we, No, I'm not. I'm not. We'll let, we'll let Alexa post something on uh, Instagram to, I guess, make me do a challenge or something. I don't know. But if we win this week, we will do a special little Instagram post a day kind of type deal. Looking forward to um, the following Saturday. And, and hope there'll be a, hopefully but, Friday. Well, yeah, Friday, yeah. But we'll talk about the game and everything. So, um, yeah, follow the gram. If you, uh, if you don't uh, have your parents, friends, dogs, all the whatever accounts Get your you have. yard, man, back. We do have a bunch of random people following, but we need we need some more. So, all right, keep next Friday open too. Wild Acre Brewery, we're gonna try and make it happen. But thanks for listening. All right, let's go beat Kansas. Okay.